33. Tell me something good. Everybody you know, they tell me life don't come with no menu, so we're going to take it a day at a time. Man, about time you got here, man, light your cigar, do whatever you got to do. Get comfortable so we can get this game going. Oh, shit, what do you need to come out? Man, just hold your man, man. That's all you got to do. Play some defense. Man, too late, man. Domino, game. Good day. back again tell you a lot of time it's gonna be a good one but i think this is gonna be a good one again my people's come sit down with me so uh, i want to thank y'all for tuning into the good days great nights podcast i go by uncle al cool breeze uh alicia and erison's daddy you know uh, your auntie's favorite podcast host and your, your uncle's new nephew uh we got a rule of thumb we never of course we never tell you their name we kind of use music to blend it together. A lot of times people base it off of what they heard, what they seen on the Internet, what envision somebody might have said you did for them or not. So we base it off of that. We don't base it off of high school, uh, Friday Night Lights. We don't base it off of at the, at the, at the Dew Drop or the Last Call or nothing like that. We base it off of Never something different. <laughs> so we base it off of that. So uh, my rule of thumbs is we use five songs. So if we was getting in the car and then uh, we get in the sprint and we can really take a road trip, or we can stay in the city if you want to, but you get to pick the place. It's about four or five of them. I know you. Other people in the car don't know you. They don't know you in the vehicle. It's your turn to drive, your turn to play the ox. What five songs are you going to give them? Well, first, we got to know where we're going. Where you want to go? We're going... We're taking that trip down 35, man. We're going to Houston. H-Town and Foggy Town. I'm excited already, y'all. Y'all don't even understand. I said, man, and I said Houston because I know that you spent some time down there. And, and Houston's like, I, I consider it where I'm from, but not where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So my mom is from a small town, probably 30, 40 minutes outside of Houston. So okay. I spent a lot of time down there. Okay. What's the, um, little t- what's the town? It's uh, Hempstead, Texas. No, I ain't heard of Hempstead. So most people heard of Prairie View. Gotcha. Prairie View is the college, the HBCU down there. There's a little small town next to it, Hempstead, Texas. It's actually right down the street from where Sandra Bland was killed. So, mm. so when the Panthers and, and and all of them came marching through the city, they came through from my mama house, my grandma's house. Gotcha. So that's where we headed. We headed to Houston. Okay. Um, you driving at night or you driving at daytime? Yeah, we leaving at like 4 in the morning. So, 4 in the morning, so get there like for Okay. Yeah. Um, first song. First song. We going to Houston. The first stop is, is my my mama mama house. It's the grandma house. So we going with grandma's hands. Yeah, Bill Withers. Bill Withers, grandma's hands. Okay, this is gonna be good right yeah, here. Yeah, we we, we <laughs> and, you know everybody come in with they they popular songs. I'm gonna take it back a little bit. Gotcha. Um, and grandma's hands is is more poetry than than a song to me. Um, knowing that you know my grandma is the last of my grandparents that I have left on one side, and then on the other side. Um, 
I wasn't able to meet my grandmother on my father's side because gotcha. she passed when he was a kid. So mm-hmm. trying to think through what it meant to have your grandma and not have your grandma at the same time. So that's mm-hmm. song one. Um, song two, I'm a split in half. Okay. We gonna we gonna we changing rules today. Okay, I we see. We splitting in half. Talk about it. Let so me hear about it. We gonna go with um, the first line on victory lap. Okay. And then we gonna mash it up with that's how I knew. So. That song to me is just, it sets the tone on, on being different, standing out. And then the first line of Victory Lap is just to let you know the hustle. Yeah. Um, song three, um, we're going to go with, we're going to stay in the same vein. We're going to go with I'm Dope by Toby. I'm Dope, okay. We, we headed to Houston, so you got to have a Houston artist in there. Got to have at least one. Um, that's three, right? And then four, we going... We're going Irv the Phenom. We're going to keep it local, and we're going to go with uh, <laughs> okay. Killer City State of Mind. And I want to call it Kansas City State of Mind because, you know, Killer City has that bad context to it, and he ain't really talking about that. He's just really giving you a verbal tour of Kansas City. First verse, he's going to take you all the way through Missouri. Second verse, he's coming through to Wyandotte. Okay. He's just letting you know what the city's about. Okay, we got a good, we got a good, we got a good list going on right here, right? Um, and then the last one, we just gonna go with uh, we gonna go with Lauren Hill and D'Angelo. Nothing even matters, man. We just, we just gonna close it out with something smooth like that. Okay, 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 okay. That's a, that's a good list right there. All right, we gonna go, we gonna go backwards. Lauren Hill, D'Angelo, nothing even matters. That's just a soulful party. Yeah, you. It's a classic, man. That's that's uh, that's riding the car, maybe going to uh, going to the mall and stuff. With your mm-hmm. parents are out, and they come on, and it's just kind of yeah. Everybody kinda, in the car got to get a get a note in. Everybody, you you got this part. I got that part. You got your hardest and homies yeah. that's gonna be in the back. I don't care what's going on. Kind of low key with it, but they gonna get their note in too. Okay, Irv the Fina, Killer City State of Mind. Yeah. And we and we just we we bridging both of them together. We just giving you a play of what it's like in the city. Mm-hmm. So that means you care about where you are from, Toby. I'm dope. That's that's could be going to Houston, but also what the message is as well. And for Toby, it's so crazy because the line is like, my mom said I was a joke, but then you got these two artists and Erica Badu and Dave Chappelle that said I'm dope. Yeah. So it's like you got those people that because you in a certain profession or a certain realm, they give you homage. They give you homage, but at the same time, the people that's closest to you don't really understand it because it ain't what they used to. That's true. So I that's think true. the duality of that was kind of crazy on the on the hook. That's dope. And uh, I can I can remember the post in the uh, clip of Erica Badu, yeah. you know, giving him a shout out. And they got a song together now, so it's like <laughs> right. Just putting her name in there and then them working together is just yeah. a, a crazy story of how things can happen so fast. And I really think, like he said, I think he's going to be our modern day 3000. Oh, yeah. I really didn't think he's going to do that. He said he need a verse from 3000. Yeah. They need to make that happen. I think if they do that, it'll be crucial. Now you got Victory Lap, and that's how I knew Nipsey. You know, them two was special to me, but that's how I knew. Hey, it's crazy. It, <laughs> the way that he just talk on there, like I listen to that sometimes. If I'm if I'm working or something, and I feel like I'm at a certain point, yeah, I'm like, I gotta let that go. Yeah, I gotta just let that go because that's I'm in my zone right now. And it and it turned you up on a whole another level, man. Because it, it had you in a place where you'd be like, I am different. And then and I don't know about you, but myself, like I find myself sometimes certain things is going on, 
and you can't do what other people do. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, definitely. So when you're doing that, you'd be like, hey, I'm different. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to figure out, like, why I can't. And not even, like, somebody saying you can't, but just the way it make you feel. Yeah. When you and do that's those what, things. That's the part that make you different. Because yeah. if you're saying, if you do it because somebody else said, that means they different and they want to, you know, push that off right. on you. But right. you putting it on yourself is a completely different. And that's more or less of you knowing who you are as a man and, and seeing it. And being comfortable. That's, that's part of it too. And then Bill Weathers, that's grandma's hand. So that's just hand me a piece of candy on the way. That that right yeah. there is just a whole other thing for me. That's that's the soul club. That one, it's just you know Bill Weathers is a, is a legend. You know, yeah. rest in peace to Bill Weathers. But just the the wordplay on that, and a lot of people they know the they know the the melody, right, right, but they don't know the song, yeah. behind it. So. Um, when he used to talk about all of the things that he would do with his grandma, it yeah. make you go think back to them summers when, you know, we was down in Texas and she would give you the game that you ain't going to really know the answer to or you, it's not really going to click until you in your 30s and you're like, oh. That's it? That's what she was meaning. That's it. That's definitely it. It wasn't Texas for me. It was uh, 10th and Freeman. Grandma's every every morning, my dad used to go to work. Yeah. And he'd, uh, he'd drop us off there. And he my grandma, there. before she passed, was on, on 9th and Ever. That's so right around the corner. Yeah. So that's what's up. So without further ado, if you don't mind, just start introduce yourself to the people. Oh, uh, man, for those that don't know, I'm Marcus Gladys um, by way of Wanda County. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I said I had to put Irving in there. I got to represent Wanda County everywhere I go. Um, and then those that do know me, um, MDG Graphics, graphic designer um, in the city and, and throughout the country, I will say. Man, that that right there is is a, is dope, man. Uh Every time I see it, I, I kind of get excited. And I think it's more or less of because it's something that is effortless. It ain't one of them things I don't think. I mean, I ain't saying you don't put your work into it. Of course, you put your craft and everything into it. But to see you doing it and nobody's stuff looks the same. You see some Everybody has their own touch to it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the dopest thing ever to see that. And that's the hard part. It's like, one, if you're making something for somebody's business, you want it to reflect your skills, but you want it to reflect their personality and their businesses at the same time. So are you asking them questions, or are you kind of just like going through the pages or going through what they seen you and then kind of coming off your own cusp? Or how's the blend? Like It depends. So if we create a whole project, then, yeah, we're going to sit down and have a conversation about right. what, what it is that your business does, who are you as a person, what are you trying to portray visually. Um, and then from there, I kind of create the vision Initially, and, you know, as we work throughout, I can continue to keep that in mind, uh, creating a brand and, you know, redefining a brand. Um, but if it's a, a one-off project, I might just get in the lab and go crazy and see if it's something that they, they like. Um, but but for more of my business folks that, that are coming back, they have a signature look that they're trying to go for. Gotcha. So we had that conversation. No doubt. So then, like, we got the KC uh, People's Choice Awards coming up. Definitely. My guy, you, you pretty much was all, I, I think, doing the whole finalist thing and all that, man, they had you. Man, that weekend that the semifinalists came out, I literally almost lost my mind behind that. Like, I ain't going to lie. Last year we did it. Uh, we only did it for the finals, and I did like 15 of them. Gotcha. Um, and that's the announcements and and uh, marketing for people to get nominated and, you know, mm-hmm. to get votes cast for them. But this year, um, it just hit different. Yeah. I wasn't even expecting it. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'm going to do 20, 25, and be good. 
I'd already had the money spent out. What I'm, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna do this with it. Gotcha. I, when I tell you, I dropped it at probably seven o'clock at night when the, the nominees came out. Yeah. By ten o'clock, I had thirty. Yeah. Just back to back, and I think within the first four days, I did forty-seven of them. Yeah, like I said, bro. When I looked up, I'm like, man, this boy cooking. And and the crazy part is like I went from Friday to Tuesday nonstop just going crazy on on designs and it helped me. Yeah. Because those was a lot of designs that I had in my mind that I really they didn't have a project them. for. Yeah. And I was sitting on them. So when I'm giving you a special like that, I'm just gonna go in, make it, and then send it out to you and, and it's gonna be what it's gonna be. And versus me sitting there trying to have a conversation with forty people. That yeah. that wasn't happening. Okay, so so man, when you look at that, right? And a big thing with me nowadays is balance, mm-hmm. and uh, especially uh, for men, and uh, we put a lot on our plates, a lot too much. Sometimes. So we so we we put a lot on our plates. We constantly moving, constantly growing, constantly doing that. How how do you balance that with your with your life? You have another job as well, or that's that's it? Man, I got three jobs. So three jobs. Spending time with the family, doing all your other stuff, and then doing that. What does your balance look like, bro? How do you balance your, so you'll keep your peace? You know, it's crazy. The The way that I answer it is it's a daily a daily commitment. Yeah. Um, so I know for me, I need a day for myself. Okay. And then I need a day for my family. Yeah. So Sundays, I don't answer anything business-related. Now, with the People's Choice Award, I made an exception for it because I just had to. But 99% of the time, I'm not answering. I don't care if it's a Facebook message about yeah. getting a flyer. I'm going to respond to it on Monday. Got you. And then on Wednesdays, that's family day. So gotcha. after I do my 9 to 5, I'm with my family. You're not yeah. going to catch me. You can't book me. And, and I'm not really taking you know, any exceptions uh-huh. on that. So I think it's it's more so about making sure that the people that's in your life realize that you're busy, right, and that you book, but also realize that you're making an exception for them. So you know, with my Wednesdays, it's like this is all about you, um, but know that Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you got to give it up. I'm gonna be you know doing what I got to do. That's what's up. So with your with your mental, and you look at that, does it come so fast sometimes that you really don't take a break in it? Like it's like is overlapping or does those win- that Wednesday and that Sunday help enough? Because you're still giving everybody their time, but is Sunday your day? Sunday's my day. Sunday's your day. Okay, there we go. So, um, but to answer your question, sometimes, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy in the same sense because when you want to take a day off, that means you got to work a, you got to work doubly as hard. To make it back up. On Friday or on Saturday and Monday because yeah. people, time don't wait for nobody. Correct. So it's like, you know, when I take a vacation – I got to make sure that all of these people are taken care of before I leave, and then mm-hmm. I know I'm coming back to something else when I get back. So it's just making sure that when you're in a moment, stay in that moment. So when I'm in the work moment, I'm working. And when I'm in the family moment, it's straight family. Don't even try to mix yeah. um, the two. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, like, how did how did you get into it? Like, tell, tell me my first, like, how did it all start, man? Because... Man, it started as broke college kids. I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, you know, I was in college down at K-State, and, and my fraternity, we was having parties. Okay. And we were known for the parties. We were ha- That would be kind of our moneymaker okay. throughout the, the semester. So 
one time we was having a, a party and they was like, yeah, we're going to go with so-and-so for the flyer. And I'm like, okay. I was kind of new into it. Yeah. I'm like, so how much they charge? And they threw the price out and I said, how many flyers you get with that? And they was like, one. I'm like, it come with some more? Because the price was just so crazy. It was a crazy price, okay. And it was like, nah, that's what we've been paying. And I'm like, okay, if y'all getting that, I'm coming with it. Yeah. So that's when I started. I just threw out, I was like, you know what, the next party we have, I'm going yeah. to try some. I'm going to just throw it out there. Now, if I go look at it now, trash. Like, so were we using Word? We wasn't using nah, we was, we we was, was, was DD? We was uh, using a copy of Photoshop. <laughs> you know, a copy. I'm, I'm paying for it now. So <laughs> okay. we, use, we used a copy of Photoshop. But um, it was just trash. But at the time, it was the craziest thing. thing I've ever done. Like, I'm talking about I sent it out to everybody. They was like, oh, we ain't never got to pay for another flyer again. And, you know, for me, I really just wanted to – from that moment, I wanted to be able to help people that was in the same situation where mm-hmm. it was like, I know we ain't got a lot of money. Yeah. And that's a fee that we don't have to pay. Gotcha. So that's that's kind of how it got started. And then, you know, going, graduating, coming back to Kansas City, it really, I had to reinvent myself again. Gotcha. Because, you know, I'm this kid from Kansas City that didn't really, you know, wasn't known for that when I left. So when right. I came back, they like, who are you? So trying to get back on that tip. Uh, you know, it was trying to figure out how do I get involved? How do I go to the clubs and meet the DJs and all of that other stuff? Yeah. Before, it could just be word of mouth. It's like, oh, he did that. You need to holler at him. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so like, now, you know what I'm saying, now you didn't, you've been in the field. How many years been doing this? It'll be 15 in September. Do you know how crazy this sounds? Like, man, if you... I sat and tried to think about how many designs I did. Yeah. I'm, I'm somewhere over 5,000. Did you, do you, do you, do, so you keep the old ones to go back on just to kind of reminisce? Or you, you oh, I got all of them. Yeah. Everything I ever did. The more or less, we were those like badges though, huh? Like more or less a victory, small victory. Well, my life, my life quote is progress is a process. So okay. If you don't know where you came from, you can't really know how much progress you done made. Gotcha. So, you know, each one of them flyers, I can tell you where I was at. In your life. In my life, I can tell you where I was at computer wise. I can tell you where I was at, you know, living situation. So it was just like. They, they they bring back a little bit of a memory, and I post I post a lot of them online, but there's a lot of them that you never see. Yeah, um, where there's people that you know move forward with other things, or you know just ones that you know are more personal. Like I'm not posting baby showers and of birthdays and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, it, that all of them are a timestamp in, in where I've been, and that's cool. So they keep you they, they keep your memory going. So like when you um, when you're going through this and everything like that. And you don't, you, you don't have any children, right? I don't. Do you desire to have kids? I do. What is that? What is that? Uh, what's your what's your worries these days when it comes to that? Like as far as having children and things like that. Do you have any worries? Man, my worries are. I ain't gonna lie. I had old parents when when I was in school. Okay. And they were younger than I am now, uh-huh. so I'm gonna be the old guy. So that's part of it. And that was your worry. You didn't want to be. I didn't want to be the old parent. Like. I was my parents are like the second oldest in my graduating class. Like okay. that was the thing we talked about. Like, but um, for me, I think man, this this city and this world is just crazy right now. So it's hard to to imagine bringing a kid into this. Yeah, um, and trying to keep them safe, keep your family safe, and then you know worry about their mental well being at the same time. 
Gotcha. So it's it's just a lot that's going on. You know, my mom was a teacher. Yeah. So she got to see the kids in her community, which was Sligo. Mm-hmm. And then she had to come home and try to make sure that she was taking care of them for what for what she could take care of them. Right. And they come home and have to do that doubly with me. Yeah. So, you know, just trying to to bridge that gap and saying, how do you be in this world in the way that you're in it and then still have – you know, your family at the house where you're trying to protect them and keep them from all of the dangers that's that's out there. Gotcha. So it was, it was you, your mom, and your siblings, right? Yeah, I have a sister, and then my father was there too, so. So so you so you had mom and dad? Yep. How does, how does that, how did you think that helped you? Man, it goes back to when we was talking about grandparents. It's like at some point you have to realize how your life was affected by people being there and then also by not being there. Gotcha. So for me uh, – I had to deal with my parents coming from two different situations and how they chose to raise me was a little bit different. Um, so I think that seeing both both aspects of it helped me out to make my own decision. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my parents, uh, my mom on her side, mom and dad was, you know, they married 50 years until my right. grandfather passed away. And then my, my dad's side, like I said, his mom passed away when he was a kid. So just think about how your life would be if you didn't have your mom's right. from early. Right. So I had to I had the duality of the the relationship with my mom and my father, in which my mom was more so the strict one mom versus strict. my my pops. Which you know that's not how it always is. But yeah, my mom she's from the south, so yeah. you know they they weren't playing. And then my father he was like, it, was he from here or he was from? He's from here. Okay, he's, he's from, from here. here. Yeah. So he was more so, I, I'll talk to you more than, than we'll get into physical gotcha. with it. So, so, with, so with that, man, what, do you, what are some of your memories? Where, did, he get you out of, did he get you out the hook with moms a lot? Did he kind of block for nah, you? No, he couldn't. <laughs> My dad worked nine to five, and then he had his own business too, so that's kind of where the hustle came from. So it's inside of you? Yeah. So, <coughs> so he would be nine to five, and then he'd either be in school or he'd be working. And my mom worked, like I said, back then she was working in middle school. So right, she right. got off before I did. So by the time he got off of work, it was already handled. Gotcha. It wasn't no she wouldn't even She wouldn't <laughs> even tell him that she handled it. It got to the point where if I knew I was getting in trouble, I'd call her when it happened. Yeah. Let her cool off a little bit before she get to the house because I knew it wasn't no saving. Okay. When I got to the house, it was, it was going to be what it was going to be. But uh-huh. um, I think our relationship is is a lot closer because of that, honestly. Gotcha. And you can you, you went to like a little, little prestige kind of school, they say, in, in ranking wise, right? I mean, you know, I ain't gonna brag on them. I mean, top, I went. To, I went. I mean, that, I you. went to Slago, you know, where moms was at. So I That's mean, where my sister graduated. Yeah, from. I mean, I went to Slago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, but tell me about this this school you you know called home for a couple of years. Man, I you know Sumner Academy uh, Arts and Sciences, you know, rank uh-huh. top ten and. In the country these days, but okay. uh, no, I think it was it was still a city school. Yeah, I mean we just had the knowing. I, I guess you know people expected it to be something completely different, mm-hmm. but you still got kids from the city that was there. Right. Um, we just had a little bit more homework. That's it. We had we had some more researches, and we was a little bit more diverse. I will say that. That's true. So that kind of helps you when you you go from. Seeing everybody that looked like you to not seeing everybody that looked like you, the yeah. K State where not that many people look like you, right? So it prepares you, yeah, in a sense. In that in that part of it, yeah. I'll tell you, uh, in middle school, 
my dad, I used to go to West. He wanted me to go to Summer so bad. And I was like, I'm not going there. Because I had the, the mind frame of like, man, I don't want to go over there. Like, I didn't either. I said, Pop, she made me take this test. I'm going to fail it on purpose. This is a young kid. Like, what do you think you're doing? Like, why? Like, I want to be one of my friends. That was, that was my thing, too. <laughs> I, just I told stay. my mom, I said, hey, I can just stay here for one. I was an arrowhead. I could just stay here for one more year, then I'll go. Uh, okay. And she was like, all right. So you uh, was on the bouncy carpet, the, the carpet in the gym. Yeah. Okay. It's not even there no more. No. I, I said, y'all, wow. That's what rug burns. That's it. So I remember that. I remember Sumner being that. But I also remember, like, a lot of people going, a lot of people going out to college, and they was well prepared. So it, it, it messed it up in my mind because I was so naive to friends. Not understanding then that if they're your friends, they'll it'll last the duration. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So when you see that and you see Wyandotte County now, what are some things that makes you proud that you're a part of, that you like kind of doing in Wyandotte County right now these days? Um, you know, Wyandotte County is, is, is growing. Yeah. Like, you know, we always had that chip on our shoulder for being like, feeling like little brother. Right. When it comes to resourcing and size and things like that. Right. But, but right now, it's it's a lot that's going on from from not only Wyandotte County as you know the the actual physical location, but the people from there. Gotcha. Um, doing crazy stuff over here in Missouri too. Right. So I think for me, it, the pride of it is everybody coming from where you come from. You know that chip that they got on their shoulder. Right. And to see them succeed, or to see anyone succeed that that's in the environment that you were in. Right. Is just a blessing. So yes. you know me, I'm just trying to help out. How I can, when I can. Gotcha. Um, so you know, a couple of the things that that we try to do is just let people know that it's a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so rather it's showing the people that are are being successful that have come from mm-hmm. where we come from, or you know, reaching back and and having events and things like that to where mm-hmm. you know you see people that care about you. Right. So you got a real big event though, man, and and I'm kind of mad. You know, what I'm saying for season one we couldn't catch it. In time to get it going, but you got a big event you've been doing over there for a little while, man. Tell the people about your event you got going. Yeah, man, our our uh, Easter egg hunt is is really grown. Yeah, I will say so. From from the first year of us just showing up with white t shirts and and not really knowing how to throw an event to yeah. the, the last year that we did it pre pre oh, uh, COVID, you know, we had over five hundred kids, ten thousand eggs. You know, we gave away like eight to ten bikes. 30 yeah. prizes, things like that. It's, it's really crazy to think about how far you've come in such a short amount of time. Right, right. And then it makes you hopeful on what you're really trying to get to. And how many years? This was the eighth year that we just did. So we don't, so, so when we first, when you first started it, you did it where? What, what area? You got to tell them where we, you. We still in the same area. Okay, so that, that's it. not changing. We, we down on. At Big Eleven Lake, you know it, that was really important because I told you where my my father grew yeah, up. Yeah, So you know, being right across from from there is really important for us. Gotcha. Um, because that northeast area is not really looked at when it comes to right. major events and you know people putting money out of their own pocket into into our kids and our youth. So that was that was the most important part of it. Yeah. Because honestly, truth be told, when we started it, it was going to be in Missouri, but it just never felt right. For Got me, you. coming from from KCK, it yeah. didn't feel right. Um, and then there were some things that kind of happened that, you know, weren't planned. And KCK was like, have it here. 
and the community center was like, we'll, we'll partner with you. Right, right. And it just kind of all flew together. And, you know, even BPU, our energy company, they said, we want to put some money behind it. Yeah. And this was without even knowing who I was. It was just saying, this is what we want to do. You doing the same thing. And instead of us trying to recreate the wheel, we just going to put some money behind it and, and kind of help you make it, make it what it was. What what inspired it though? Like what made you say an Easter egg, man? Like an Easter joint? What, what I'm not gonna lie, it wasn't my idea, and I don't uh-huh. know if I was 100 percent on when it first happened. Uh huh. Um, but one of my my friends, he was, he hit me up. He was like, "Man, we want to do an Easter egg hunt," and they had a group that was doing a lot of stuff, and that's why it was gonna be in Missouri because it yeah. was a Missouri group. Um, and I'm like, "All right," I wasn't really. You went. You went. I'm my home. I wasn't home. really in love with it. Gotcha. And then like it started happening. And all of the dominoes started to fall, and, yes, you know, it came over to Kansas, and then I kind of felt the heartbeat. Gotcha. So, um, so I was like, okay, we're going to do it. Uh-huh. And we don't know what we're going to do. We don't know how it's going to turn out. Uh-huh. And when I tell you, it was like the goal was we started out with, like, 5,000 eggs. We didn't know how many people were going to come, but we flooded the city with flyers. And we were doing food giveaways. And when I tell you, they showed up with a personal grill about – you know, the size that have about five, six hamburgers on it, <laughs> okay. to be full. And I'm sitting there like, how y'all going to have an event of this magnitude that we we hoping to get to? Right. And then this is the preparation. So it really kind of made me think about it in that sense. And then by the time it started, it started at 10 o'clock, 930, we had people lining up. And that's when I knew that we were on to something. On to something. So I man, I think that that's dope because, like I said, every time I see, every time I see the flyer come up and everything, and then even wasn't even dope, like you're giving credit to how it all came. I think that's amazing because a lot of times everybody wants credit, but I think the biggest thing is just doing doing things. Yeah, and for me, if I could be all the way behind the scenes, yeah, I'm good with it. I don't uh-huh. I don't need the shine or the spotlight just to know because my impact is to say, okay, you had it was that one kid that came up to you and said, thank nope. you. That's that's all I care nope. about. And that, and that and that came from mom, mom and dad, grandparents, and all of that. But I think uh, what makes it cool to you to rather be in the in the back folds versus in the forefront. Like why why is that? Why you think that's like that with you? Um, honestly, it's it's my sister. Okay. So like, talk about it. My sister is older than me, so I was always little brother, and that's mm-hmm. that's regard. And you know, for for her being who she is. And have gone through what she's gone through. Um, more people know her than they know me. Right. So you know, my sister was born with um, what we call cerebral palsy. We don't know. Um, right. Back in the '80s, we really weren't able to diagnose it, and you know, we just kind of went with it is what it is. Yes, sir. Um, but for her to have that, you know, disease or whatever you call call it, physical limitation, um, and never complain. It's kind of really shaped me because it's like, you know, you can go you can go through whatever. Everybody has things that they go through, but for her to never be able to have what we deem as a normal life, mm-hmm. never really, you know, been able to drive, never really been able to go somewhere by herself, never really been able to live by herself, and never really complain about it. Mm-hmm. If if I complain, I just feel stupid, honestly. Right. And you know, for and I rather I'd much rather have somebody else in the spotlight and me just do the work. Um, so I think, you know, for her to be who she is, it kind of gave me the, the, the knowledge and the thought process to say, you don't really have to be in the front line. Yeah. So I, d- I definitely, I definitely agree because coming up, man, I didn't, I didn't even know 
the difference, like, you know, saying so when you was younger, it was just like you just did what you did. And even, like, sitting in the populist kids type at school, I, you don't realize until you look back now and, you, and you're an adult and you're looking into it like, oh, I had to fit in with this amount of people or do this to that or that. You know, I'm struggling with a lot of that right now. Like, all of that stuff that we did as kids, like, mm-hmm. how does that impact you? Mm-hmm. You know, and I say struggling. It's just something that I'm, I'm consciously being made aware of. It's like, all of that stuff that we did as kids, how is it impacting you now? You're right. So that's kind of where I'm at, you know, in so the how do you, process. So how is it, what's your thought process, like what you're thinking right now? It depends on the situation, you know what like I'm give saying? Me one, like, like, give me an example. Um, like, like we was just talking about with my parents. Mm-hmm. So how does their relationship transition into how I think relationships should be? Okay. Or how does their dynamic with their family play out into what I think my family should be like? And then, you know, having my sister that at some point, you know, I'm going to have to be responsible for, you right. know, hopefully far and far down the line. Right. What does that play like or play out, you know, in the people that you meet and the people that you have around you? Because, you know, it was a point in time where, like, you say something crazy about somebody that has a, a physical limitation and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm after you. Right. Um, and it was just something that I had to think through and I had to get through. It's like they're not really talking because it felt like they was talking about my you. sister. Got you. So I had to get through the fact of, they're not talking about you. They just don't really understand it. And that's something that somebody else gave them to where they feeling like they should just make fun or a joke out of it. Right. Um, but, yeah, it, and that's something I still deal with today because, yeah. you know, people people will try to make fun of, of whatever to, to try to make themselves feel better. But, you know, just seeing those those relationships and how you grew up and how you, how you navigated through life and, and kind of see, like, was that the right way? Right. And if it's not... That's okay that you realize it's not the right way. How do you and change it? And then go back and have a conversation with those people and say, do you feel like this is the right way? Gotcha. No, I, I, I agree, man. I think um, when you put that, when you put it in perspective of, like, growing up, I think a lot of people really felt like what they were dealing with at home when they were coming to school, that you could see what they was dealing with. So to block you from seeing the hurt, the lack of maybe money was tight. Maybe the family wasn't the family. Grandma was holding it all together. So a lot of times you see people use that as a defense mechanism to crack those jokes, to make those things. And you find yourself doing it sometimes because you don't have nothing else to talk about. Yep. And we don't have a good, we don't, we choose, we pick and choose what we take from our parents and from the things we've seen. And certain things was cool. So now I really believe that we do control the cool. We do, we do, we do have a lane for this. You see what I'm saying? But I think it's important for men and women, but definitely men, to set the boundaries of hey, like this is what's like what's up, like that ain't that. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times coming up, my, I'm gonna tell you something truthfully and told. Like from college until now, one of the worst things I think I gave people was some things that people think I'm the dope is that, and that was partying. That was being the life of the party. That was pouring a cup of alcohol. Mix this with this. Do this with this. I'm going to make a punch. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was giving them a good time. But in hindsight, I was hurting them because I wasn't giving them. I'm going to give you a book. I'm going to give you all this other stuff. But I was giving. I was creating yeah, another that, vice. That, that whole list of books. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But like I said, I got that from somebody else. So it was just on the love that I give it to you. But mm-hmm. when I look at certain things growing up. That was one of the that was one of the things that I not so much a take back, but if I could change the narrative, I would give you more game on 
hey, when you do this, understand this is going to change this. When we were, when you young and you and people are, are younger than you, and you say, man, you ain't got no girlfriend. You got to get your girlfriend. You you putting poison thoughts mm-hmm. in the head sometimes, where you can kind of make things better. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, you know, one of the things that that's kind of always stuck with me is you never know what chapter you came in on somebody's life. That's dope. So it's like. You don't know what's before or after where you've been. But right. Once you intersect or interject yourself into somebody's story, yeah, you are part of it and it changes forever. Um, so it's it's kind of like them old Goosebumps books where it was right. like, you know if you do this, go to this page. That's kind of how it is. That's when you, when he took you, me back right. <laughs> yeah. Show him my age. Daddy Ghostwriter. But yeah, so you know, for me, like even with. We're getting older, you know, we, we mid into our 30s, mm-hmm. um, having different conversations with the people that we love, whether it be, you know, your family, right? your, your giving family and your friends or, you know, the relationships that you have with, with your significant others or whatever. Right. It's kind of like, how do you hold them accountable and, and, and in part holding yourself accountable? So... Um, you have those conversations that, you know, in your 20s, you let slide. Where right. It's like, okay, you know, we out at the club, we doing this, this, this. I know that you probably shouldn't be, you know, going right. any harder, going any further. Right. What does that look like in my 20s versus in my 30s? I'm like, hey, boy, you got to chill. Yeah. Or at least if you're not going to chill, you, you rolling with me on the way home. We're we not having that. And I've seen, I've seen you personally do that. Yeah, because I, I can't have that on my conscience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if it inconveniences me a little bit, I can't let you right. go out bad because that's a reflection of my decision. Right, right, right. And I, and I think, and I think that that, but that's that's probably growth that's coming from K State. That's seeing Aggieville. That's seeing all of that different stuff. And then and like, I was in there. You see what I'm saying? And so now, when you see a change and everything, as far as all of that, it comes into a different place. You see what I'm saying? So I definitely think that that's uh, you know, so like I think it's good to see growth from yeah. from anybody, whether like. But you, like I said, to acknowledge it. And the thing that you're saying, like, to acknowledge it is cool. So when you look at it and you start thinking about, like, legacy and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like, what does that look like like, like for you? Um, my legacy is, is really set in, mm-hmm. in caring. Um, caring for the people that, that come from where I come from. Caring for the people that are around me. And caring for the people that is going to come after me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't really think about legacy too, too often. Um, my goal is is like making sure that I'm not embarrassing anybody, and, and then first and foremost, making sure I'm not embarrassing myself. Okay. Because a lot of times when you embarrass other people, it's because you're embarrassing yourself. So I you. I'm just trying to make sure that the things that I do, I'm proud of. Like we was talking before. Yeah. My mom knows everything that I'm into. That's it. And I don't have to lie to her about anything. And, you know, that helps me sleep at night. Right, right, right. right, right. Not that I have to prove anything to her because at the end of the day, I'm an adult. Yeah. But it feel good. Mom's calling you saying, okay, I see you was on TV for whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my dad saying, okay, the people calling me saying that you're doing this, this, right. and this. That feel good. I ain't going to lie to you. That's cool. But, you know, that, that the legacy writes itself, and it's usually written long after you're gone. But while you're here, it's just trying to make an impact. Man, but you've been dropping uh, here Monday. You've been dropping some quotes. Man, I ain't going to lie. That's, that's kind of my favorite thing to do right now. Um, and that's you know, fall in love on Monday. Because if anybody knows <laughs> that works in, in corporate America, <laughs> right. nine to five, warehouses, Monday is not the fun day. Mm-hmm. So it's really about changing the narrative with the thought process. Right, 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 right. So I had listened to a, a podcast. And this was before podcast was really a thing. Yeah. 
um, with Charlemagne the guy and uh, Gary V. Gotcha. And he was like, man, if you just if you hustling for the Friday, then you you never gonna get ahead. So it just made me think, and I'm like, okay. And then uh, Eric Ty- Thomas, okay, Et, um, he had a series called "Thank God It's Monday." Gotcha. And he would be like amped up at five o'clock in the morning on Monday, and I'm like, why? I'm like, I check this out right there. I'm, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be up that early because you know Mondays is really when. When you trying to get into something, that's when you're going to start. Uh-huh. I'm going to start on Monday. I'm going to hit the gym on Monday. Right, right. I'm going to start eating good on Monday. And if you don't on that Monday, then you wait until next, next Monday, Monday to get it going. So for me, it was really about holding you accountable, holding me accountable, and then just giving some of my thoughts and insights of, that's cool. of, of success and progress. That's cool. I think that's cool because we, we had another day that used, to be, <laughs> that used to be your day to kind of shine you and the, and the homies. Yeah, man. Tuesday was a fun day, man. We, uh, you know, we still we still can get into that. Yeah. Um, but for for me, Monday, I think it might have started before Tuesday. But Tuesday was just me getting like uh-huh. tips and tricks and relationships and how to choose not relationships. Yeah. Because that's where people got it mixed up. They thought I was giving relationship advice. Yeah. And that's completely different than right. what Tuesday was. Tuesday was like, hey. <laughs> Go after it. Yeah. Uh, and ladies, you can go after it, too. Gotcha. Because, you know, the, the crazy part about it is ladies were really not into choosing. Right. And I and I broke it down into this one day. I said, if you was trying to get a job, mm-hmm. do you think that they should come find you or you should go find them? That's true. And then they was like, this ain't a job. I said, how? <laughs> it's, a, it's a relationship. It's a business. And, you know, you sign some papers and yeah. you legally bind it. And you know, I I, I got so much uh, behind that that and black men don't cheat. Yeah, them two. <laughs> I'm walking around with a black man don't cheat shirt. People trying to take pictures so they can send it to people. Who are like, look at this fool. Uh-huh. I see you to change that man. You you. I love black women out here. Oh days. man, don't don't forget the, the black man don't cheat shirt is still in the it's still, still in the it's, closet. It's still in the closet. Now, I'm, I'm a walking billboard. But yeah, man, we got to love black women, man. Got cause, to because they've been holding us down for so long. Yeah, and so strong and. And I don't think they get the credit that they, they gotcha, deserve. Gotcha. So in a, in a perfect world, what does that look like? It's, it's unconditional. Yeah. Um, you know, for us, just look at the responses to things that happen to men versus things that happen to women. You know, when it happens to a man, it's like, okay, that was wrong. But if it happens to a woman, you know, people always ask, well, did they do something to provoke it? Or did they, did they ask for it? And it's no. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Wrong, right, right, wrong, and, wrong. And until we can get to the point where it's like, okay, you told me that happened, and, and then we're going to react that, that way, right. then it's always going to be love to black women. But, you know, it's, it's always got to be protective black women. It's always got to be standing stand in their place. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how do we make sure that they feel comfortable even when we're not there? Because there's certain people that... Okay, if it's my sister, I'm coming a certain way. Right. But for all the black women, they need to feel some sort of comfort for somebody, from somebody to have that. Right, right. Because my sister knows if she tells me something happened, then I'm coming, I'm coming a certain way. And yeah. we're not asking any questions You're about asking it. asking no questions. And I ain't even that type of dude, but for those type of people. people yeah. You, Excuse me, yep. you, you go to where you go. My you go mom is the go. same way. You know, yeah. she called me one time from a grocery store and had me about, I'm 40 minutes away thinking like. I can make it in 10. I can get there. <laughs> or calling somebody else like, I, I need you to up. get there. Yeah. But until we had that type of relationship with all our women, it's, it's, it's always going to be that disconnect. Because I didn't see some black women show up and show out. Yeah. Or some people they don't even know. Right. Like, you know, them protests down in uh, 
the plaza last year behind George Floyd, they showed up crazy. But, you know, did we show up the same way when Breonna Taylor got killed? Gotcha. That's just the conversation that we need to really have with ourselves. So you, do you think these days, man, and I think where I'm at too, I think that men don't be accountable in that sense of, like, certain things? Like, where, like, where in that, like, we, we push the envelope on being providers. We push the envelope on all those things, but that's showing up and showing out, like, you see the videos of, like, first day of school and all the cats is there high-fiving them in. But you see the women, they there every day. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It can't be for the pictures. It can't be for the, you know, the spotlight and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think part of it is accountability. Yeah. Part of it is the stigma of what the black man is in the household. And then part of it is, you know, some people are scared. Like, when it really get ugly. Yeah. Some people think about, like, I got to make it back home to my family. Right. I got to make it back. Which, you know, I'm not saying that that's a problem yeah. because you got a responsibility to your family. Yes, sir. But we all have a responsibility to each other, too. So I think I think it's a little bit of all of it. It's it's really how do we get to the point where everybody feels comfortable, and we got to stop being on each other's necks right. at the same time. Right, right. So it's like we fighting each other, we fighting others, and and we trying and we fighting ourselves. Honestly, got you. So when when you when you think about that, like, what do you think are some of the steps that we can make, like, to kind of like start that? So like example, my guy, you you been you didn't change as far as a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. As far as your health, it all starts with a conversation. Yeah. So, you know, Snoop is is triple OG Uncle Snoop, right? Right. right. And everything he says is you got to get an understanding. So, mm-hmm. for me, one of the biggest things that I've learned over the last couple of years is the way that you receive stuff right. isn't the way that everybody else receives it. So, if you saying that this is how I need it. And that's the only way that I can receive it. Yeah. And you have to be willing to hear somebody else saying that that's how they need it, and that's how you got to show up for them. Right. So the women are telling you what they need. Right. They're telling you what, what they want from us. It's just we have to be willing to accept it and not go back and say, well, what she really need is, nah, she told you. What she need. She yeah. told you exactly what it is. Right, right. Your job is to make sure that she feels confident that you're going to make that happen. Right. So I think, you know, for that, it's conversations. Um, you know, we talked about how do we we change and, and um, get healthier? Um, so I think that that was a conversation. So we just did a, a six-week um, weight loss challenge, and it was just for the men. I really, you know, I kind of fell back because, you know, anytime I say just for the men, the women going to come make sure right, that right. I don't say nothing too crazy. So they was trying to get in on it too. But we had about 15 men that um, that got in on this weight loss challenge. And it really was just about keeping each other accountable. That's dope. Um, so we would check in with each other. You know, some people was dealing with some other stuff, and, you know, they kind of fell off about it. And, and that kind of made me feel bad is because our job was supposed to be to make sure that people kept kept going. But at the end of the day, 15 people, we lost somewhere around, I think it was like 150 to 200 pounds or something like that. That's dope. So it was really nice to see the people at the way out where they were like, okay, I, I appreciate it. Gotcha. Uh, and, and then at the same time, we had some money behind it, so people was really yeah. trying to get to the money. Gotcha. So, but whatever your motivation is, is your motivation. at the end of the day, you got a little bit better. Gotcha. And, and my goal is to get better every day. That's my hashtag, get yeah. better every day. You know, be better when you go to bed than when you wake up. That's dope. The day before. So, you know, just trying to have those conversations is what's really going to get us to where we need to be. Because um, I think, you know, a lot of it, people hold on to so much stuff. Right. And it's like some of that stuff, you you making yourself sick. 
the person that you mad at ain't even thinking about it. They not mad at you no more. So the only or person say, oh, they don't care. And yeah. they say that they mad about you. And like, you know, I sat and had a conversation with a guy that we had some real issues. Amongst each other. Yeah. And, but the thing was, we never had a conversation. Yeah. It was over some stuff that happened back in the past with a girl. Most yeah. of the time, it's always that. And I said, we never, it never went there. Yeah. But it was like, man, we, we had some real issues. And it was like, you know, years later, hit me up. And it yeah. was it was part of the conversation that we was having about, you know, the war show and things like that. It was people where, you know, I thought we'd never have a conversation again. But they reached out, apologized, I apologized. And we realized that we was tripping off of nothing. Right. And And you just think about, like, how much of a situation that could drag out or how, how beneficial it could be if you would have had that conversation 10 years, years ago. Because yeah. he doing business and I'm doing designs. So that's 10 years worth of you doing business that if you wanted to come to me from our design, you didn't because of what we had and we never had a conversation about right. it. And, and it's so many people that have so many issues with people that they never talked about. Yeah. And if they talk about it, they realize that it ain't really that big of a deal. I definitely agree with that, man. It'd be a lot of hearsay. Yeah, it'd be it'd be thirty people that's in the conversation that's that's really only built for two. Yeah, and and, and the crazy part is, if you don't have the conversation, then your people don't have the conversation, right. and now they they liable to do whatever. Right, and it ain't even that type of and, situation. And then you find yourself choosing sides. Yeah, you find yourself like, well, this is my partner's on ride with my partner's my homegirl on ride with my homegirl, and you don't even know what's going on. They might be wrong. Yeah. A hundred percent, either either wrong or right, or you may be in wrong. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But your your people, they feel like they gotta have a loyalty to you for how you feel versus what's real. You see what I'm saying? And we gotta be able to listen to. Correct. Because if I if I realize that you're wrong on a situation and you my friend, we are gonna have a conversation. Yeah. And I'm not expecting you to do anything about it, but you are gonna know how I feel that you're wrong. Got gotcha. you. And, and that kind kind of conversation is just now starting. You know, once we get older. Where it's like, hey man, I can't let you go down that path, or I can't, right. I can't support that move or that decision, right? And that's that's a hard conversation to have with people that you love. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's another part of growing up too. That's that's what's real. That's what's real. So, when you um, when you think back and you look at like where you come from, Wallach County, going to college, losing the weight loss, the flyers, all of that. What are some of them, them childhood moments that make sense now? Maybe that didn't make sense then. Like, do you got like a one-off that you can give to people? Like a story, maybe. Mom said, "Don't do this," or the homie said, "Don't do this," or fraternity stuff, something like that. You got one of them one-offs? Um, I had to think about that one, man. I, it's it's so many places that you could probably go. Uh huh. Um, but you know. It's a lot of stuff in college we just don't talk about no more because no fingerprints, no evidence. Statute of limitations <laughs> is fast. Um, but I think, you know, for me growing up and the way that I grew up, a lot of it is um, is trying to understand what the, the thought process is was at that point in time. Right, right, right. And, and was it right? So, like, you know, us, my, my dad... Like I said, he was the hustler. Right. Like, he has his own business. He's working. He always doing something. Yeah, yeah. And he was in school when I was growing up. So, we was in school together. Like, I was in school during the day. He would go to college at nighttime. That's what I said. But one of the things that I had to think about is with me being so busy as I am, Yeah. how does that reflect in, in you know, children? Right. So, it's like, 
my mom was the one that would take us to a lot of places because my dad was busy, you know, providing and bettering himself. And is that what I want? Do I want to be the one that's, that's always busy and always working or do I want to be the one that's like there? Yeah. I mean, and I ain't saying that my father wasn't there. He was there, but he was, but he was, he was taking care of stuff. Right. And you know, it taught me on, it's a duality. So on one side, it taught me that, you know, you got to go get it. But at the same time, it taught me like, okay, if you got people that you're responsible for, they gon' they don't want you to just be responsible for them. They want you to be, you know, spending time because at time you can't ever get back. That's tough. I think I think that that's the hardest thing for me for balance is mm-hmm. time, time management, all of that. Because like, let me ask you a question: What time you wake up? Shoot, it depends. Sometimes three in the morning. Sometimes six. Okay. My mind kind of goes. Is it it's your mind that wakes you up, or is it you know you you thinking about stuff? Both. I think is that you unsettled with the day before. So, I was listening to a Kobe interview. Talk your talk. And he was talking about his workout regimen. Yeah. And he said he wake up at three, go to the gym, come back eat, go to the gym, come uh-huh. back take his kids to the to the school or whatever. Go to the gym. No, just rest. But then he go to the gym. Gotcha. And then, you know, he would go to the gym four or five times out of the day, uh-huh. and he would be in bed by 8 o'clock. And I think Mark Wahlberg does the same thing. Uh-huh. And he says, just think about the fact that if you wake up at 9 a.m. and you go to the gym twice a day, just think about the fact that I've doubled your work. And, right. right. And I played for 17, 18 years. Think about by year five, there's no way you can catch up to me. So I just say that to say, you know, people, we always talk about everybody got the same 24, but when does your 24 start? Right. Because you got to sleep, and I'm not saying don't sleep. All right. Sleep is, is definitely very necessary. I'm grown taking naps now. I take them now. I can't, I can't take a nap. <laughs> I'll be up all night. But, I take them, man, because it, it was days that I didn't slow down. I was always but like whenever, kind of Yeah, whenever people tell me they don't have enough time, yeah. I'm like, what time you wake up? What's, 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 what's your start up? 4.30. Every day. Every day. And get right to it. Okay, I ain't gonna lie. It's not every day. <laughs> Sundays I gotta. I'm sleeping in. Weekends I'm sleeping in. in. Uh-huh. But I'm working like just on design stuff and work stuff. I work from eight in the morning till maybe eleven at night. Gotcha. And that's just with the the amount of you know designs and stuff that I have to do right, right now. Right, right, right. So you know, I adjust my schedule. So if I'm going to sleep at eleven, I might wake up at five. Gotcha. But you know. Just to get up and, and get after it, and just I need time to myself. So that's another uh, time that I, I get to myself. Gotcha. I can, I can go in and say, well, let me look at this book or let me read, you know, an article or something like that. It's something that mm-hmm. it's got to be, don't let it be wasted time. Right. some people will wake up and sit and look at TV. Or sit at the edge of the bed and kind of yeah. think about the day. Because I, I, I find myself sitting there like, oh, what's going on? You know, like, am I going to get it this day? How's this day? I'm planning the day to be rather good or bad already before it even, you know, before it started. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I had to learn that from one of my homies. Because he would, you know, we would be in a group chat and he would text. Or we would text and then he would text back at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> and he like, that's when I get up. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he's a trainer. So, you know, I would go to the gym with him. We would get there at 4.30. Right. And then I would, you know, I'd post my picture saying we here or whatever. And people would be like, you up there early? Yeah. Like, man, he up this early. And and by the time your normal wake-up time hits, you done did so much more stuff. And you're like, okay, 
I get I get what what the pro, the process is. The process is if I start earlier, I don't necessarily have to end at the same time. I can get all my stuff taken care of earlier. Yeah. But I'm doing so much more stuff. That's true. Before people wake up. And because when people wake up, they start asking you for stuff, right? Right. That's so the first like thing they do, yeah. 8 o'clock, you start getting text messages. People at your job really right. want to talk to you. But if, you have, if you've been up since 4, you got a whole four hours that you've already dedicated to yourself. To that makes sense. That makes a lot of whatever. sense. So it's it's not just about how long you up. It's about shifting the timelines. Right. And if you up till 11, people will sleep. That's cool, yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of where my hustle has been. My dog said every day was Sunday. Okay, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm trigger myself to jump about that thing. Because sometimes I lay there a little extra. I, I hit the snooze. I got about six alarms. You know, I only have two. Yeah, I got six. And, and I don't ever, I don't, I, don't, I don't even look at my phone. Like, I yeah. don't even want to, I can't hit snooze on my phone, on my, my watch. Gotcha. So I just get up and get after it. Gotcha. So uh, before we get ready to go, I got a question I always ask everybody. Emergency contacts. My mama. That's it. That's number one because she's going to get a hold of my pop. Okay. But she said as long as you ain't going to jail, I can call her. Okay. So and if I go to jail, she's coming anyway. But She's coming. She's going to get the baby. She's going to yeah. get the baby out. So She's going to talk bad. She's going to talk bad. <laughs> so we got moms first. Dad second. Yep. Okay. We got, we got, we got third. Uh, depending on the situation. Man. Most, likely, <laughs> most likely I'm calling my big pop. <laughs> Okay, okay. But he's going to call my mom and daddy anyway. He's going to get a hold to him. No doubt, no doubt. So, man, I got to thank you uh, again uh, for two things. Definitely for coming on the show. But uh, when we first started this thing, I was kind of all over the place. And I'm posting, which I hate to do. So, you know, I, I'm learning this. So, any other tools you got to give me in that later on, you know, we get that. Yeah. But the, the subscribe joint. Man, listen, I ain't gonna lie to you. I was so hyped when I got it, and I didn't even know. Like, I didn't. I was like, I was trying to figure it out. I'm. We was going back and forth talking, and I'm trying to do my little stuff. I said, "This ain't my lane." Yeah. <laughs> he was like, "Nah, not like that." <laughs> so I said, "I said the one I had was trash." So I said to Corey, "He's like, oh no." So I said to Corey, "Bro, I, I got to show you this video." He's like, you would have thought, thought he was on fair. Man, he texted me. He was like, you ain't playing fair. <laughs> he Amen. said, you ain't playing fair. So what I see, I'm like, bro. So I was sharing it with, I said, yeah, I'm on. I'm on. Mama, we made it. Like, I was so geek, bro, because to see it, to mm-hmm. see it. It changed the perspective. It changed the perspective, bro, because I was just, I'm basing it off of here and now. I wasn't, I'm, and you know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, I don't know. And I'm telling him, like, we need something. He, he kept saying, yeah, we need some. I'm like, I don't know. So I'm sitting there trying to play uh, Canva and all of that, mm-hmm. and it was trash, bro. But that, that alley-oop you gave me, bro, it helped for my per- it helped for the promotion, of course, but it helps a little for the bring. So for yeah. that, I'm grateful. I mean, anytime. I think, yeah. you know, for that, my, my closing point is going to be, like, I just – building your brand, you know, everybody tries to do it all. Yeah. And, you know, that was one of my posts on Monday was, you know, one plus one equals three. I seen that. And it's like at some point you have to realize that you can't build a house, so you need to get a contractor, right? Correct, correct. And and not to say, and I understand for businesses and brands that are just starting up, you know, it, it takes money. But to have that vision portrayed the way that you want it to be portrayed right. 
it takes a certain skill set. Like, you know, social media, there's people that specialize in social media. Yeah. You know, sound equipment, there's people that specialize in that. You got the look going good, crazy with Corey over here with the camera <laughs> angles and everything. Through, so, uh, you know, it's, it's everybody plays a part, and uh-huh. it's just it's, it's all about a team. So, like, yeah. we got to stop with this I mentality of thinking right. that I can do it all on my own. Yeah, you can be the face of it, and you yeah. can do that. But it's so many different ways that you can you can slice the, the pie and, and make it work. And I've seen that. And I'm going to tell you, I've seen that from YouTube. I've seen mm-hmm. that from both of y'all because I've seen him doing his thing. I've seen him you ain't doing your thing. And one day I've seen it together. So I'm like, bro, that's like that's major to me because especially coming from Wildlife County, but I'm, I get a kick out of seeing men that don't have egos. And we didn't even know each other. Like we was. That's on what the I'm same. saying. We was. We did. I did an invite, and he did the the video stuff for for my sister's wedding, and it was like, okay, yeah. But it, but you got to have a specific skill set. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like if if my flyers were trash and or his. Pictures and videos was right, trash. Right. It wasn't ever gonna work. Yeah, but it just made sense because you know I saw the quality and I was like, okay. That's and then he up. probably saw the quality. He was like, all right. That's and then up. you know we just collabed about it, and you know people was like, oh yeah, y'all should have been doing this. Well, right. you can't do nothing with people you don't know. So it was just all about bridging relationship, building a relationship. I think so too. And then like right now, I'm gonna do this plug. So don't don't, don't shoot me. But my God, um, he blessed me today, man. Myself. With this cool can, man, he uh, is drip ultra pure water. Uh, you can zoom in on that for me, my guy. I would appreciate it, man. I ain't gonna lie to you; it's been good, man. I didn't knock the first one down, and I'm working on this second one. But he got something going. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm getting, I'm getting uh, into a conference with him. We're gonna have a conversation, mm-hmm. and we might be able to do something special later on with the podcast and everything like that. So I think it's gonna be uh, pretty good. But I think. My biggest thing was with this was I was putting everybody else's water on the table, and I was got tired of peeling the labels off or, you know, certain bottles. You see what yeah. I'm saying? So with this one, I was like, man, if I'm gonna put somebody on, I'm gonna put somebody on from town. Mm-hmm. So I think that because it's not that many people that do that around here, right? And it was out the box. It was something out the ordinary, and I think it's gonna be cool. So it's definitely gonna be that. Also, you know, we of course we shooting here at the Pure Hookah Lounge on the 34th and Main. Man, they always kind of take care of me, man. And it was one of them things off the love. So, again, um, if they want to get in contact with you for, like, flyers or anything, any any designs, where can they reach you at? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at uh, MDG Graphics. You can find me at Instagram, MDG Graphics. You can find me on Twitter. I think it's MDG Graphics there, too. Okay. Or, you know, for the, the Monday posts and things like that, it's on my personal page, which is Marcus D. Gladys, G-L-A-D-D-I-S. Uh-huh. And tap in, man. We, we always willing to work. No Wednesdays, no Sundays. I respond on Wednesday till 5 o'clock. Sunday, you're not catching me. Got it. Okay, man. So, like I tell everybody, man, never, uh, never goodbye. I always see you later. May God be your direction. And uh, we be your seatbelt in this thing called life. Appreciate you. So we see each other again, man. Be cool, be safe.
stop, stop listening to me. I want you to understand all the men in the Promise to tell the truth. Nothing but the truth. Tell it like it really is. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Uncomfortable conversations are needed for growth and closure. Be real with it.